30 minutes of good in a world of dumb. The Broadcast Basement on BroadcastBasement.com. And welcome into the Broadcast Basement. My name is Chris Lanuti. Belly on up to my 9-foot homemade oak bar, won't you? Grab yourself a beer and get ready for 30 minutes of good. The second of two experimental podcasts from our first ever experimental podcast series. This one dealing with my favorite team in the whole world, the Chicago White Sox. And don't worry, if this isn't your cup of tea, not only is this the second of two, which means there won't be any more of these on this feed, but also there's a new broadcast basement show coming out on Thursday, the 24th of May. The first episode of this experimental show, though, did pretty well. And depending on how we do this time around, it may get its own feed and its own name. And details on all of that will be on that Broadcast Basement episode coming out on the 24th. But for now, I have Dave back again, along with Electric Mike, the greatest fact checker in the world, and a very special guest from the Tribune Company, WGN, writes for Chicago Magazine, ready to go right now and talk White Sox with us. 30 minutes of good, the untitled, hopefully soon to be titled with its brand new feed right out of the broadcast basement, experimental podcast on your Chicago White Sox right now. It's the broadcast basement on the air. Chris Lanuden waving his hands like he doesn't care. His wife's upstairs. His wife's upstairs. There's no idea what's going on down here. Cause it's the broadcast basement right now. Go to broadcastbasement.com with it now. We got Scott King on the line. WGN, Blackhawks crazy. The guys like the Indiana Jones of Chicago media right now because I'm not exactly <laughs> sure where he falls in the landscape, but he seems to be absolutely everywhere, stealing idols, writing stories, and doing podcasts. What's up, buddy? Thank you. And there's, I always feel like there's a large boulder chasing me, too. You got to look over my shoulder at all times. Oh, yeah. I'm, get, I'm yeah. getting you a hat. I'm getting you a whip. I, I think it'll look good next time you're on Sports Talk Live. Or what do, what do they call that on Comcast now? Or, or NBC Chicago? They keep changing the name. What is it that you it's, show up every yeah, Every right once in a while, you got to put on like a suit coat and act like you're a professional. What, what show is that? But yeah, it's, uh, it's NBC Sports Chicago now. I think it's back to being Sports Talk Live. It's just basically Dave Kaplan yelling at people. <laughs> yeah, it is. He yelled at me the, like, the first time I was on. I was like, oh, my God. I wasn't ready for that. Uh <laughs> It was uh, no, it was like Tribune Live for a while, and then it was like something else. I think when it's Sun Times had the sponsorship, so yeah, it's changed a few times, which is interesting. It's a pleasure to talk with you. Thanks for having me. You just put your you just put your gear on the bar. Is that what you do? It's a, literally a nine foot homemade oak bar that um, that's got a studio equipment in half of the shelves. It's all built into it, and then the mics just come out of the jacks that are in the bar and sit right on the stands on top of the bar. So it's like a full-service bar with a tapper and glasses and neon signs. Like, even with this interview, like, I'm I'm just doing this interview and I turned off the lights. It's like I'm in a seedy basement bar and we're talking and I'm drinking a beer at, like, noons just so I can get, like, the full effect. That's the reason why I'm noon drinking right now. It's just just for you. Right, exactly. Because the listeners can sense that if you you feel like you're in a bar or not. Listeners listeners to podcasts can tell when you're a fake. They, they really can't. Yeah. They're the most astute yeah. of all the listeners. Uh, anyway, so you did this <laughs> you did this story recently where you branched out from your Blackhawks coverage. And, you, and, and I'm hoping I'll see more White Sox stuff because I like the story. You went and you spoke with Thank Matt you. Davidson. 
And we've we've been talking um, on our new experimental White Sox podcast that doesn't have a name yet, much like the one that he has. Uh, but we're going to name ours eventually. And <laughs> we've been talking about the guys we think are going to be on this team in just two years. And he was a borderline case because I keep calling him Joey Gallo, but he's about three years behind in his development because of all the things that have happened to him. What? How does he strike you? And do you, do you feel like this guy's like? on the cusp and something somebody that is really going to be a part of this team for a couple of years uh, wh- what was it like talking to him what do you what do you get off of him yeah i do not just from talking to him i that, that story i was fortunate to do something different than hockey for chicago magazine i talked to him had a nice sit down with him i talked to canerco over the phone i talked to benetti over the phone and kind of from everyone you know i get the sense that he will be around for a few years because not only i mean is he just hitting a bunch of home runs he's got a lot of power. Canerco said that he has more kind of natural power than Canerco had. And that's, that's saying a lot because we all know how much Canerco crushed the ball. Exactly. Look at Davidson, you know, three home runs opening day. He just um, set the record for Kansas city's ballpark for an opposing player, hit the most home runs out there. And it's only in April that he set that record. So, you know, the guy can hit a lot of home runs and his problem has just been consistency and I think he's working a lot harder on that. And I think, you know, he was, when he was a, a kid, he was a pitcher. So he has a real good mind, you know, for what to expect from certain pitchers in certain situations. But something that was interesting that Canerco said is that that could also be kind of a curse, too. You can, you can, uh, you can overthink. And I think Matt Davidson said that to me as well, too. You don't want to overthink and, and, and guess too much what the guy is going to throw because you might be completely wrong and you might just be in your head too much instead of, swinging with um, you know, the kind of technical natural swing that you have. So I expect them, yeah, to, to consistently put together. I don't know if it's going to entirely happen this year, but maybe next year. I, I think he's got a, a good mind. He's a real laid-back guy. I'm sure they like him in the clubhouse. And, yeah, he just absolutely crushes the ball. Do you think he thinks of himself more as – just a hitter now that more likely is going to be DHing than playing the field, or does he still want to be a third baseman every day? Did Did you get a chance to ask him anything about that? Yeah, it's a good it's a good question. I talked to him a little bit about it at the time. You know, I feel like I did this about maybe two weeks ago or more now, longer. And uh, at the time, I think he was still playing a little third and. And sometimes I throw him over at first, like the fill-in. I could, I mean, like yeah, right now they're yeah. using him as a fill-in, but it seems like they at least don't look at him as more defensively sound than Sanchez. And until he gets to that point, he's not the answer at third base. That's that uh, unless I think if you, yeah, if you ask him, and kind of when I talk to him, I think you know, of course, guys always want to prove they can do more. They want to be, they don't want to be expendable. They want to be able to to be in more situations, like in any sport. So I, I think he would tell you that he can, you know, he can play third or first and. He's played there for a while, I believe, you know, in the minors and everything. So I'm sure, I'm sure he could still play there, especially if they need him in a pinch. Um, but I, he's DH'd a lot this year, right, Chris? That's where he's. He has. He, he generally seems to be DHing, at least up to this point. I mean, he is. I, like, I mean, I had him on my fantasy baseball team for a week. I did like one of those, like, you know, sometimes as a, as a, as a pure Sox fan, you just get really excited. And his opening weekend was insane. And I'm like, I'm picking him up. I'm like in a dynasty league and I get to keep like 15 yeah. guys in the minors that I don't have to use. And I'm like, I'm grabbing him. I'm stashing him. And if he has like the greatest year ever, I'm going to have like the superstar for the next couple of years. And, and, but when he doesn't hit against Kansas city, his 
everything drops a little bit right now. He's got to he's got to figure yeah, out how I, to I do that against slugging, everybody. His slugging percentage is still really high. Oh, it's you know, insane. Like his OBP is his key. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, but I think it's kind of, it's probably hard for him to to mentally adjust when he is just um, the designated hitter. You know, for all those games to to only be to not have to think about fielding and and watching hitters and, and and things like that and being out there. I think he is only just seeing pitches. So he's kind of getting used to that, for better or worse. Yeah, my my thing with him is that he's got um, he's got a high slugging percentage, uh, and he's getting on base a lot. So his, I always look at OBP because uh, to me that that when you add those two numbers together, you see a guy that's up at the in the eight hundred to nine hundred range. Then you've got yourself a real hitter because he's if he's not hitting a home run, he's getting an extra base hit or he's getting on base. It shows that he's making more contributions than just getting little dinks singles and 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 he's been doing that this year but it's about can I make enough contact like if he hit 250 with this with these other two stat lines and his on-base percentage and his slugging percentage then I would say fine he could do that for the next three four or five years yeah. I'm fine with it but but that's the thing he's got to consistently at least get on base he's got to, he's got to get a hit one out of every four times for me I, I think if he's doing it and he's hitting 210 I don't think he lasts very long I think it wasn't too long ago. He was up over 250, maybe right. like um, a little before the weekend. And also the, the last couple of games I watched, I thought I'd see him like hit an opposite field single. So he, he can do about, you know, just about everything. So well, he maybe, he's, maybe he's a part of it then. Maybe. You like him? You talk to him? You, you personally like him? He seems like a nice guy. Seems like he's got a good head on his shoulders. Super nice guy. And you'll appreciate this. Half the time we, we just talked about podcasting because he's, he's really interested. So I was talking about mine and kind of, what goes into it and some behind the scenes stuff, some technical stuff. And he was just like, he lit up like maybe even more than we were talking about ball. He, he is really into his podcast. That he does with Benetti that you were talking about. It was his idea to do it, his idea to host it. You know, he has this guy who's one of the best broadcasters in Chicago as his partner. And he's like, no, I want to, I want to host it. I want to know how to do this. I think that's pretty cool. That's so really nice cool. Guy. Really laid back and fun. Yeah. Maybe we can make some sort of connection. He can come down here. and can see that you can actually, make a podcast studio out of a giant bar he might think that's awesome i'm sure he'd like that yeah you got you got some, you got some socks pictures down there right you got oh my god the entire dad with the trophy you know and, here's a funny thing like yeah. there's 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 four walls of the room one the, the the longest unending wall is nothing but white sock stuff from where my father's holding a world series trophy uh because he was he was the commander of traffic and special events at the time and mark burley took his picture with the trophy before the parade took off that oh, day i didn't know, I didn't know he took the picture that's what's cool about he's like here ed he's like hey commander you want a shot and he gives him the trophy and and takes the picture and then he sends it out in all of his christmas cards and i I have all this white sox memorabilia on the one side and then i've got all my old radio station memorabilia and stuff from my grandparents old bar in the basement on the other side but there's a whole wall of socks including the signed ron kittle picture that i think would weird ron (laughs) kittle out ron kittle actually follows the broadcast basement on twitter he may be my he may be my most famous Listener, he for some reason I met him in a bar and he like he signed up and he is yet to not he signed he's yet to unsubscribe. So we're hoping to get Ronnie That's down huge. here too. So we'll get you, we'll get yeah. Matt, we'll get Benetti, we'll get Ron down here. We'll have a party. You just need a few satellite people to recruit other people for you. <laughs> it's just gonna be a loyal army. Thirty minutes of good, yeah, in a world of dumb. Ha! The broadcast basement. So look at him. Check the flavor of the rhythm I wrote. And while I get a chance here, let me clear my throat. My kid is super proud of his Oh, oh uh, uh, yeah, no. That he one should be. 
Yeah. Like he yeah. shows them to you? Yeah, yeah. He, yes. He's pretty proud of them. You Instagrams them? Yes, actually. Amazement. I hate people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a fan. I'm a not a fan of human beings. A bar. I like my dive bars diving. Many beers. Like you want a beer? It's like, the south uh, side. That's what you're supposed no, to do. No, no, no. I don't drink. I'm like, ah, that, there's, there's your problem. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Lanuti in the broadcast space. If you boy. didn't have three kids, I would bet money that you never seen a vagina in your life. <laughs> Broadcastbasement.com. I love how angry people get in in social media. Like people people don't know how to react when somebody says you're wrong. They start typing in cap letters. They start calling you names. I've been called every swear word in the book on this White Sox page, and it's generally because I just say something like it's just a rebuild. Calm down. Or Hawk Harrelson is really not that good. Or Ed Farmer is the worst play-by-play man in baseball. Like I mean, and and I say these things, and they're the truth. These are all the truth. Every single one of these things that I just said is true. Ed Farmer's a color guy that got moved over because they didn't want to pay John Rooney, who was a professional broadcaster. They put Darren Jackson next to him, and it's been a shit show ever since. And if you listen to any other broadcast of any other Major League Baseball, and you could do this by going on MLB.com and paying a subscription to listen to other things. If you're a real baseball fan, I watch more than just the White Sox. I love the White Sox, but I turn on MLB Network and I pay attention to other teams. I can name players on other teams. See what I'm saying? There are White Sox fans where you'll sit there and you'll be talking at a game. I've had this happen to me before. I'm at a game and I'm sitting with my buddy who's from Minnesota and we're watching a game and we're talking and I'm telling him something about Joe Maurer. He's like, oh yeah, he's doing this. I'm like, yeah, I noticed that he's doing this thing that like he's changed this, this or whatever. We're having a conversation and a White Sox fan will turn around and go, what kind of fan are you? You you pay attention to the other team? And I, I'll get into an argument with somebody like that actually that's happened. What baseball fans do. They pay attention to the other team. They actually enjoy baseball. Guess what, guys? Mike Trout is amazing. He's never going to play for my team. I'm going to end up in an argument one day with somebody who's in a White Sox jersey trying to sit there and tell me that Avisail Garcia is as good as Mike Trout, and he's going to believe it. <laughs> and he's going to tell me I'm not a real fan because I think Mike Trout's better. Guess what? Mike Trout's better. Well, but he's wait better. a minute. But wait a minute. We've already we we've had that already on on that happens all on the time. The, on we've had that already on, on the, the hawk, hawk level. Remember, Todd Frazier is just as good as as uh, as Chris Bryant. Right, Chris Bryant, right? I listen. And now you have to understand this. I mean, if you're outside, the, of, Chicago, that is, if you're that outside is, of Chicago, I don't think you understand this. And I have a friend of mine who's from New York, and I have, and I lived out in Southern California, and I lived up in the northern part of California when I was in Reno, essentially. Reno, Nevada is right on the border. So I have seen the dynamic between San Francisco Giants and Oakland A's fans, and I have seen the dynamic between uh, Dodger and Angels fans, and I have seen the dynamic when I go out to New York and talk to my buddy extensively about Yankees-Mets fans, okay? Uh, it's not really that intense in Northern California compared to that. And all my friends have seen the White Sox Cub thing and they're like, this is ridiculous. Okay. And down in LA, they're just two different social economic fan bases. They're just different people. They don't care about the other team. Well, and they're so far apart. And they're so too. far apart. Geogra- no geographically. And they don't really want to argue and they're not, they really don't even consider themselves to be from the same city. Okay. It, LA is so spread out. If you've never been out there, you don't understand. They really don't care about what each other's doing. Okay. And, and when you go to New York, Everybody's really a Yankee fan. And they go to Met games when they can't get Yankee tickets. And and it's okay. Now there's some true blue Met fans, but even Met fans watch Yankee games. Like they don't get that upset with each other. In Chicago, you have fist fights at the age of seven years old with the kid that's in the other hat because your parents told you you're supposed to punch him. Like that's this is something that has been bred into 
the, the, the both sides of the city, because my brother-in-law is from the north side, and he's got his whole family's Cub fans, and they can sit there and say they're not as crazy as the Southsiders, they're just as bad as we are. They're just as bad as we are. And it's been bred into them to be this way. So you have fan bases that have meatball fans and regular fans on both sides of the city. And the meatball fans for both sides of the city will just have the dumbest arguments. You'll turn on Sports Talk Radio, and a guy will call up and be like, well, because they're yeah, you know, the Sox might have lost, but at least they're not the Cubs because they're gay. Like, I mean, it's like, and it's an actual call. Right, it's, yeah. In yeah. 2018, unfortunately, the on me- the radio. Unfortunately, the meatballs are always the loudest. And they call yeah. all the time. And they're involved in this whole thing. And so they now, type in all caps. They do. <laughs> right. And so whenever I make a point on this on this Facebook page, I get people who dive all over me with the, you're not a real fan. You guy, you, you're you're an asshole. Everybody swears. They all call me names. And they, one of the other admins is constantly throwing people off the page because he's upset for me. And then I send him a message like, hey, man, it's okay. Just leave it there. Let me pick on him. <laughs> I want to pick on him so much that they quit. I did that last week. I picked on a guy so much that he quit. He got into an argument with me about, about I think it, was, it might have been about Harrelson or it was about the rebuild. He got mad at me about the rebuild because I sat there and I told him that there's only six guys on this team that are going to be on this team. And he didn't agree with me because he he's a true blue White Sox fan who's been a fan for fifty seven years. Right, as opposed right. to as opposed to as opposed to fifty five years. If you're fifty five right. years, you don't know anything. Years, right, he outranks me. He's older than me, so he's a smarter fan. I mean, obviously, this, Chris. I hate fans that do that. Okay, nobody cares how long you've been a fan on the team. Nobody cares. Okay, if you know your your game and you understand the game, I want to have a conversation with you. And if you don't understand the game, please go away. Okay. Go 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 go! Sit around with other people, and believe, I mean, and and these are the same people that'll sit there and say that Jim Tomey was on the World Series team because I've had that conversation. Before. Are you even serious? Oh, I've had that conversation before. Jim Tomey, he was the best. They should retire his number. He helped us win a World wow. Series. Wow! He wasn't on that team. He came the year afterwards. You don't know what you're talking about. You're not a true fan. I've had that conversation in a bar on the South Side of Chicago. I've had that conversation, and I and there's nothing you could do. You just look at him and you go, eh? You don't have a whole brain. There's nothing I can do for you. We got Scott King on the line. Yeah. You, you mentioned two other guys, and I know you only had phone conversations with them, but I'd love your insight in on both of them. Um, first of all, Jason Benetti. Now, there is a, this split division right now between the meatball White Sox fan who is like, Hawkeroo, and I need to hear to put it on the board, and these guys here, they're they're not like bringing the, the nostalgia of the game, and they're cracking jokes, and I don't get it. But in reality, I feel like he's, it's wonderful to have a pure broadcaster in the booth because he lets his color commentator do things like say, hey, this next pitch, if it's here, most likely he's going to get him out because this guy's been having a problem with it. But if he does what he's been doing lately and he puts it over here, it's at least a triple and it's probably going over so-and-so's head. And and and, and he gives Stone a chance to spread his wings and do his best work. And he still gives you like good commentary and good play-by-play and knows when to step back. And I really enjoy him. What what is your take on, on Jason Benetti, just talking to him on the phone and, and what you've gleaned off of him and your interactions? Yeah, so I'm, I'm trying to do another story about broadcasters in Chicago, too, maybe for Chicago Magazine. So I was asking him all kinds of stuff, and he was he stayed on the phone for a long time. He was driving home after the game when I talked to him. It was really cool. And, yeah, I, you know, I think you're, you're right about his, his play calling and his baseball knowledge. I think it's outstanding. I don't know if I'd call him a pure broadcaster. You know why? Because I think he's funny as hell. I oh, think he he's, his timing, his timing, how witty he is, 
and I think he's made Stone funnier. I think Stone, like, you know, the jokes per minute now, as, as opposed to when he's with Hawk or a few years ago, I think I think he's got, not that he was uptight or anything, but he's, he's really gotten him to uh, lighten up and be more laid back. And those guys can really, they almost go back and forth sometimes with, with jokes like um, Pat Foley and Eddie Olszak do on the, on the Blackhawks broadcast. So, no, I, I really like Jason a lot. We talked a lot about, comedy you know because i used to do a little stand-up and we, we talked about what comedians he likes and um just kind of broadcasting in the way he does which is really light and laid back that that i really enjoy and yeah i think he knows so much about the sport and uh, you know i don't know but i feel like socks more socks fans are cool with him doing it now and taking over than are not because i and i think that says a lot about him because socks fans and the diehards all have to we all felt like we had to defend Hawk forever because he is a homer, but he's our homer, and we don't like people talking bad about him. And then this, this young guy comes in, and I feel like I feel like for the most part, people love him. I actually they like him better than Hawk. I enjoy, I enjoyed Hawk as a child, which I think, uh, and and yeah. and I I enjoy, But the problem is, is that it got to a point where I mean, Hawk's just getting angry, and 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 then he doesn't speak for two innings, and he's cutting stone off because he's got to <laughs> tell you another story about Yaz, and it it starts to grind on you. I, so my favorite broadcast so far this year, and which I th- and some of them I thought were very telling. First of all, um, when the first time Garfine's on. Uh, Chuck Garfine is is on with yeah. these guys on the road. It's opening day on the road in Kansas City, and Chuck Garfine didn't stand a chance because those two those two Stone and Benetti ripped him for nine innings every time he turned on a <laughs> microphone. They picked on him, and he you could see the look on his face like he was just. I mean, there was the best joke was they were all lined up there, and Benetti says something about his podcast and the Davidson podcast. He actually brings it up, and then Garfine tries to plug his, and Stone starts looking over Garfine's shoulder like he's setting him up for the joke, and he comes right back and he goes, I'm sorry, the umpire down there was kicking some dirt, and I found it more interesting than your podcast story. And then oh Benetti, God, and then Benetti rips Garfine like maybe we need to send you down there so you can do a useless interview. And they just like, I mean, like they jumped all over him. And it's just like he, the look on Garfine's faces. I, I just want to stay in the studio now because these two are like two clowns. And wow, they, that's interesting. I wish I saw that. <laughs> it was, yeah, the, it was like funny. the opening first game. And I'm paraphrasing. I might be a little off on exactly what was said, but it was pretty much that's what happened. And then the other one that I really enjoyed though was when Hawk and Benetti and Stone were all in there for opening day at the ballpark this year. And but the but the thing was you could tell right away it was get Benetti out of there. Because because Harrelson's trying to do his reminiscent and his stories and everything like that. And Benetti and Stone yeah. are basically like, that's great Hawk. And they were treating him like I think a visitor in the booth, which I don't think they uh, want to do maybe, intentionally. Maybe like Grandpa Hawk, right? You don't want to do that intentionally because he's still he's been here for a long time. You got to respect that and everything else. But oh, for sure. they're yeah. on a roll and they're the regular team now. And by the third inning, right. they were like, right. they sent Benetti out like we're gonna Benetti. He's gonna be walking around. And he's gonna be asked, getting questions for Hawk. And he was only able to get like two over the course of like six innings because either all the <laughs> questions were like ridiculous from drunken Sox fans and they would have made somebody look bad up there in that booth or it was like he was sent down there and he's like why am i doing this <laughs> right. but, but it was like somebody at some point early in the broadcast was like this this we can't leave these three in here now i enjoy it because i like it when people call hawk out on his bunk like when when stone sits there and says something like how do you pick to pick the click 
Like, and he just goes, what are the rules to him all the time? Like, and, and, and if, and Hawk just can't come back to him. And I, I love the first three innings as somebody who thinks that's, that's kind of funny. Not that I don't like Hawk Harrelson. I like him, but it was just, it was funny that they were kind of calling him out on some of his BS. And then somebody must've said, we've got to separate these guys. Cause it's going to go over the line. Like I, that's how I felt watching. And they have not put the three of them back in the booth together. They put Benetti with wimpy, which was kind of fun. But then again, yeah, I wish I actually wish I watched that. that. That probably was interesting. That was interesting because Wimpy was not. Wimpy's never really always had to do color. You see what I'm saying? So now Benetti is sitting yeah. there and he's going, "What do you think, Wimp?" And he's like, "Um, because Hawk never lets anybody talk." <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, right, right, right. So then Benetti kind of nursed that's, him yeah, through, and it was a testament to Benetti that he's such a good broadcaster. He was like, "Okay, this guy." isn't able to do what the other guy does, so I'm gonna I'm gonna nurse him through nine innings. And he did a really good job. Yeah, he that. has to do two jobs. And Jason has to do two jobs basically. But no, it's interesting. you know that from, from working in media that's like a lot of times sometimes you're like paying attention more to the dynamics with the broadcasters and the relationship than like the actual game. That's some that's some fascinating stuff. You get big personalities, guys that are good at certain things and like with Hawk, like a guy who's on his way out. That's that's some interesting stuff. I wish I saw all those games. I, well, I think I caught a few of those moments. You know, when the, when the, when, I, when the on-field product literally has five to eight people that will probably be on this team in two years, honest to goodness, and we're still in, yeah. as Rick Hahn said it recently, we're really only in year two of a four- to five-year rebuild. You, you, you're going to yeah, need that's You're going to need that, and there are people who are anxious. They're like, Jimenez will be up in a week, and we're going to get up this, uh, this, this pitcher here, and we've got to bring this guy. They're not starting to clock on these guys yet, and everybody's got to be paid. Patient. And that's why I enjoy these broadcasts because these guys seem to realize it and they get it. Because if I was getting somebody like somebody trying to force it down my throat that this team's going to get 10 this year, I'd be turning off the TV. So he's he's doing a great yeah. job. Um, now, the other guy you mentioned oh, real sure. quick who's got several pictures on my wall here is Paul Canerco. You talked to him on the phone. Just, uh, you know, from me to you, your impression of the guy is he, please tell me, sometimes you meet your heroes and they're jerks. My dad one time tried to get Mickey Mantle to sign a ball, and he told him to go f himself and walked away. And I mean, so <laughs> Who says that to someone? he tells that story all the time. He was like ten years old. He snuck into the old ballpark at, at uh, Comiskey Park, and he and he t- and he basically said f you, kid, and walked away. And Joe Piscopo, oh my god told Mickey to go get another drink and yelled at him and signed the ball for my dad instead of Mickey Mantle. And so, like, my dad always ah. tells that story, like, you never want to meet your heroes because sometimes they let you down. What was Paulie like? First, I got I to gotta, uh, do something similar with that Mickey Mantle story. I, Norm, Norm McDonald, the comedian, so when he was a kid, there was some player on the category Flames that he loved, tried to get his autograph after a game, and the player threw a lit cigarette at him when he was a little kid. <laughs> 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 that's one of my favorite story. That's awesome. Um, it probably made Norm it's even it's funnier. Story. It was, it, you know, those yeah, are the man. things that launch careers right there. Something something goofy oh, like that oh happens to you. It's crushing, but then you become a comedian. So it was, but it was Paul, Paul seems like a nice guy. He's he's, uh, he's awesome. And yeah, I you know my dad and I went to. He had an autograph signing. I think in Schaumburg a few years ago. Um, and my dad, you know, my dad took me to to game two, and my dad went to the bathroom. When Canerco hit the grand slam to tie it, so my dad, we told him that story, and and Canerco goes, "You have no idea how many, how often I hear that." 
that there's a bunch of people at Sox Park, but in the bathroom when he hit the uh, grand slam. Oh yeah, I know somebody who I know somebody who missed the walk off home run in that game because he went to the bathroom because he figured your rebay was going to get the home run if it happened. But but Sednik had not hit a home run right. all year, so when your rebay so made the out, guy. everybody ran yeah. to the bathroom because they're like, I got to get a rush, so I'm back for the next inning because there's no way to put Sednik is going to walk off here in the rain. And when he did, the bathrooms were full. Like that, that, that stadium had a lot of people in the bathroom during both those big home run moments. Yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> Just I had reached out to his, I guess his, uh, guy, his manager maybe handles his, his press and his appearances. And he got he put Paul in touch with me, and it was just crazy. You know, I'm texting back and forth with Paul Canarco about when we're going to do this interview, and you know, nice, nice long, uh, nice long text there, friendly. And then he called me right when he said he's going to call me. You know how it is with interviews, and kind of the bigger the person, you could be waiting for 15, 20 minutes. They might forget. I just, I just uh, interviewed somebody. I'm not going to say who a little bit ago, and and uh, they forgot because they had a different obligation, and they want to call me the next day. But he called me right on time. Which, Super friendly, um, gave me great answers. Really smart guy. I mean, remember, people still think he's going to be a coach, maybe just a really bright guy. And, I think he's going to manage um, one day. I think he might be. I mean, like, yeah, God, I, I, he, I, I, I just feel like this team is going to. I'm really worried for poor Ricky Renteria because I feel like the White Sox are going to do the same thing to him that, they, that the Cubs did to him. Well, you know, and like, yeah. I really, I, I think eventually he'll be managing. You know, right, right. No, I think you're right. I, I think uh, that and. After the after the interview, he's like, uh, "You good, man? You got you got everything you need." So, yeah, just uh, it, that was a really great interview. I was happy I got to do, and uh, yeah, he was awesome. That's cool. That's very cool. Well, Scott, I appreciate you joining me for some White Sox talk. Uh, we're we're oh, gonna no, we're we're gonna have you uh, we're gonna have you back in just uh, a few days on the broadcast basement feed now uh, to uh, check in and and talk a little bit more about what we normally specialize, which is uh, drinking beer and raising children. Which sometimes you need to do both at the same time. Actually, most times I'm familiar with both. You yeah. need to do both at the same time. Okay, that's that's Scott King on our White Sox broadcast. Remember, new regular episode of the broadcast basement. Thirty minutes of good out on the 24th of May. Thanks for checking out this experimental podcast. If you liked it, make sure you listen to that episode coming out in a couple of days on the regular Broadcast Basement show. We're going to tell you how you can help us name it and what we're going to do with it next. Another 30 minutes of good is right around the corner, right here in the Broadcast Basement, broadcastbasement.com. 30 minutes of good in a world of dumb. The Broadcast Basement on broadcastbasement.com.